Welcome to Fertility Fridays. I'm your host, Leah Vaughn. Join me for today's episode as we explore all things on the road to becoming mama. Hello there, and welcome to my beautiful mamas, soon-to-be mamas, future mamas, aspiring mamas, and all mamas in between. How are y'all doing today? Thank you so much for joining me on today's segment of Fertility Fridays on the Unspoken Cycle podcast. This particular episode, I think, is going to be extremely informational for a lot of women who are trying to conceive in their older age in life or just women who are at the age where we start to really think about menopause and when that's going to set in for us. So thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope you find value in the information that I'm going to share with you today. And yeah, let's get started. Today's episode is called Embracing Perimenopause. Now, how many of y'all listeners have heard of the term perimenopause? Of course, we know what menopause is. Menopause is the phase in our fertility uh, where we are officially infertile. We are no longer able to conceive. Our periods stop. We stop ovulating. And um, yeah, there is no more of the bacon in the oven for us. And menopause is something that some women look forward to because it's a transitional stage in their life and they're able to kind of recreate their physical health and start anew. And menopause is also something that some women are terrified of or are not looking forward to because that means that that cycle of potentially creating life has ended. So it definitely looks different for every woman. Me particularly, I am still in the baby making phase of my life. As I've mentioned in prior podcast episodes, my wife and I are still currently trying to conceive. We have been for about three years now, and I am going to be 43 years old in, let's see, three days. It's right around the corner. And when I would usually not care about my birthdays. The older I get, you know, they're significant, of course, but the excitement of celebration is not there like it was when I was younger. And so I don't necessarily look forward to celebrating my birthdays, but this year in particular, I am trying to redefine my attitude at age 43. And I am actively still trying to become a mama again. And so it does mean something a little bit differently to me. But I wanted to talk about perimenopause because about a year and a half ago, my wife and I had uh, recently inseminated and I was testing negative on pregnancy tests, but my period didn't show up. So it was really confusing to me. I felt bloated and sluggish. And I guess you could say some things that may have been sim symptoms uh, in relation to early pregnancy. I kept taking pregnancy tests. They kept coming back negative, And I was just so convinced that 
I was probably pregnant. And for some reason, the blood, you know, the HCG was just not picking up on my urine tests at home. So I made an appointment. I went into my OBGYN. Of course, there was um, that piece of me that didn't want to get my hopes up because if I truly were eight weeks pregnant, I certainly would have known in in my heart of hearts, I really feel like I would have got a, a positive pregnancy test. But again, we had inseminated and then my period never showed up after that. So to me, I was thinking, oh, I'm pregnant. But then the pos- the negative pregnancy tests were really throwing me off. So we go into the um, OBGYN and she runs a pregnancy test and she comes back and says, unfortunately, you are not pregnant. So I said, well, then what the hell is going on? And she said, you have a missed period. And that's quite normal for someone at your age in life. And I'm thinking, what do you mean my age in life? And she said, because you don't have a thyroid, which I don't, I am a cancer survivor. I had thyroid cancer in 2019 and my whole entire thyroid was removed, which if you're not familiar with how the thyroid function works in our bodies. It is the control hub of our endocrine system. Our reproductive system is a piece of the endocrine system. So the thyroid kind of runs that. And she said, because you don't have a thyroid, because you're a little older in age and you're getting to be at that age where you have less and less eggs and your fertility is declining, this may become common for you. You may miss periods. You may have cycles where you don't ovulate anymore. And we will consider this your perimenopausal stage. And I said, say what? (laughs) Peri what? And she said, perimenopausal, you are perimenopausal. I had no idea what she meant, but let me tell you about the dagger to my heart. She literally said, if your wife, if you and your wife are still trying to conceive, I would use whoever has the most viable reproductive system right right now, which is not you. So hearing that was extremely devastating after that, I stopped trying to conceive for quite a while and we just focused on my wife. My OBGYN did end up prescribing a medication for me to trigger my period so that I would have a period. She gave me an option to take the medication or just wait and write it out um, and my body would obviously have a period when it was ready. But I had been feeling so bloated and just gross and sluggish and hormonal that I just wanted my period to come. I don't know if you've ever experienced a cycle where your PMS is so intense, you're like ready for your period to come so you can kind of get through those symptoms and get to the other side. That's how I was feeling with not having my period for two months. So I certainly wanted it to come and I wanted my body to kind of reset. So she prescribed me the medication. Within a few days of taking the medication, my period came. I felt much better. My bloat went away and I just kind of felt like I was resetting that um, cycle for my body. But that was really hard for me to hear, to accept, to acknowledge especially because I am someone who is still wanting to be a mama again and wanting to create life again. And 
to be at a phase where I'm on the fence between struggling to get pregnant because of my low egg reserve and facing a future of not being able to get pregnant at all because menopause is knocking on the door, that's really difficult to grasp and embrace. So I thought it would definitely be helpful to share this experience and information with anyone who is also in that perimenopausal stage, which truly is the stage that leads up to menopause. Now, perimenopause can be anywhere from, you know, several months to a year to several years before menopause actually sets in. So there is no definitive timeline for perimenopause. It is just defined as the transitional stage into menopause, which looks like periods that may be really long or really short or missed. You may not ovulate as often or regularly anymore. You may experience hormonal changes that um, physiologically manifest symptoms in your body, which I will talk about. There is a plethora of things that happen to us in our bodies when we enter into this perimenopausal stage. I did do some research, and according to Johns Hopkins on hopkinsmedicine.org, our bodies also produce less estrogen and other hormones during the perimenopausal stage. Again, we have shorter and more irregular cycles. We can experience mood changes our sex drive can decrease. We may have trouble concentrating, experience um, several symptoms like headaches, night sweats, hot flashes. We may experience vaginal dryness, um, trouble sleeping, uh, joint and muscle aches, heavier sweating, not just night sweats, but heavier sweating um, throughout the day, get overheated easily basically also have a lot of PMS-like symptoms. So perimenopause is responsible for several different types of symptoms that we experience. Usually the average age of onset from for perimenopause is between the ages of 40 to 44. Some women experience it, uh, experience symptoms of perimenopause as early as age 30. But again, you can enter into the perimenopause phase of your fertility cycle and it can last for many, many, many years. So there is really no rhyme or reason to how long it will last for you. It is very dependent on the individual um, woman's body. So how do we know that we're entering into perimenopause? Obviously, if we're within that age average age range, it could possibly be happening for us if we're having irregular periods, if we're feeling just hormonally imbalanced, if we're struggling with things like night sweats or insomnia or chronic headaches and fatigue and those kind of always and kind of always feeling PMSy, you know, what through me for a loop was definitely my missed period. Like I said, I've never experienced that before to my knowledge that I can remember. And I think I would remember throughout my life of cycles, 
if I'd missed cycles because I've always been a fairly regular person. And for a long time, I was on birth control, which definitely regulated my periods. So for me, I don't recall having missed many periods, if any, up until now in, um, in my cycles. So that was a red flag or just a concern of this is different. What's going on? Um, And so that's why I went to the doctor. I would strongly suggest that you note various signs or symptoms if you believe you're entering into a premenopause stage. When I talked to my doctor and she prescribed me the medication to start my period, I asked her, like, what does this mean for me? What can I do? I'm at that time was uh, not yet 42 years old, and I felt like that age was too young to be facing menopause. I don't know exact the exact average age of the onset of menopause for women, but I'm thinking it's upwards of 50 or maybe early 50s, like late 40s. Don't quote me on that. Again, this is not a, a menopause um, <laughs> fertility episode. So I have not researched menopause specifically. However, I just felt like I was too young, regardless. And she said, Your body is doing its own thing on its own time. The only thing you can do is just try to be healthy obviously, function as normal physically, go about your day to day and just write it out. And it wasn't necessarily the answer I wanted to hear, but she was right. You know, we can't stop our bodies from entering these different transitional phases in our lives of, you know, fertility. And obviously there was, there wasn't anything I could do to stop it. I just had to number one, accept it. That was the most important part for me because I feel like for some women, and if you're listening, maybe you can relate to me on this, being a mother and having given birth several times and now being in this later stage of life and wanting to create life with my beautiful wife again and go through the process of not only creating life together, but birthing a child together, raising a baby, instilling values and and family experiences and new memories with a new child, that's valuable to me in a way that I cherish deeply in, in my heart and soul. You know, I want it really badly. And it means a lot to me to be able to still have hope that I can get pregnant. And to be told that I need to give up because that's probably not going to happen. It was so emotionally painful to hear. I wasn't ready to be told I should be done. You know, I felt a lot of emotions, obviously sadness, grief, feeling like that's it for me. This is the end of the road. And then also anger. Like, why? is this so difficult? Why does this have to be so difficult for women as they get older? Like, what the hell? (laughs) I didn't feel like it was fair. And then I felt such a huge loss of control. Like none of this is in my control. It's so hard to accept things we cannot control, especially when it comes to our health. 
we can't control anything when it comes to fertility. And that was really an ugly feeling for me emotionally. And I had to sort it out. But eventually, I had to accept it also. I couldn't really wallow in my grief for too long because that was a dark place that was comforting me. And I didn't like how I felt in it. And also because that wasn't the end of the road for my wife and I as a couple. It may have been for me in that moment in time, and I'll tell you in a little while why it's not anymore. But for us together, I was not positively serving our relationship by staying in my darkness and allowing that to consume me. I needed to be present in the relationship and hopeful and positive for our future of creating a family together and be a supportive partner for my wife through her process. So that helped me kind of feel how I needed to feel and process my feelings and and that grief in those moments in, in a much better way so that I could come out on the other side and still be present for our relationship. And once I accepted that I probably wasn't going to have another chance, then I just decided I wanted to really focus on my health and overall well-being. So if I couldn't produce any more eggs or if I was getting to the point in my life where that was really shutting down, I wanted to at least feel healthy because I didn't like how I felt when I hadn't had my period in so many weeks. And I felt felt like, okay, I can't control internally what's going on in my body. I can control how I treat my body and how I nurture my health. So some things that are helpful for this perimenopausal phase in our life are eating healthy diets, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, lots of leafy greens, lots of protein and whole grains. Eating healthy obviously is always the right answer, right? But it's hard to do sometimes. We're human. We have cravings. We have cheat days. We have all sorts of things, especially when it comes to our cravings and hormones. I don't know about you, but when I'm PMSing, I crave things that I don't normally crave on a, on any other time uh, during any other time of my cycle. So I typically don't eat a lot of chocolate. I'm not a huge chocolate person, but right before my period, like maybe two or three days before my period comes, I want to eat every single chocolate candy bar or buy every single tub of chocolate ice cream that I could possibly land my hands on. And that's how I know, oh, my period's coming. I am like the chocolate monster right now. So something's going on. Diet definitely helps, but of course... Don't harp on yourself if you struggle in that area. All you can do is do your best. If you had a bad cheat day today, wake up tomorrow and try to start your day in a healthy way. And hopefully that sets the precedent for tomorrow. Focus on the day at hand, though, and don't punish yourself for it. Every day is different. We're going to mess up. We don't deserve to be the victim of our own self-punishment. Something else that I really had to embrace was exercising regularly. That has always been something that's hard for me to get into. I have never been a fitness buff. I've never been somebody who wakes up in the morning and wants to go for a run or a power walk or anything like that. 
you know, I always struggled with that. I'm not a lazy person, but I definitely am somebody who's never just been overly physically fit and active. So that is something that I struggle with. I have to really tune into wanting to do that for myself. But I know that it certainly helps with, you know, weight gain and weight loss. And not just that, but my heart health. Um, for sure is really important to me. So I want to make sure I get in some light cardio several days a week if I can, and maybe some strength training, you know, lean muscle mass is great for me, especially at my older age, especially with not having a thyroid. Sometimes my metabolism hits a wall. And I have to do whatever I need to do to jumpstart that. And rather than go hard and in the intensity of a lot of like hit cardio workouts or anything like that, I found that um, strength training and creating lean muscle fuels my body in a way that boosts my metabolism. So I have to kind of figure out how that routine works for me. But like I said, it's a struggle. Um, sometimes I go hard for months and work out regularly. And sometimes like right now, I can go a few weeks without re without exercising much at all. And I obviously have to work more on the self-discipline part of that, but it is important for us to nurture our physical health through fitness and exercise as well. And then other things to do to help with perimenopause. Um, if our hormones are really wonky, obviously there's hormone therapy that we may need to explore with our doctors, with our gynecologists. Um, if we are feeling extremely moody or anxious or depressed because of the fluctuations in hormone or because of the reality of what we're going through physically, we may need to talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist to figure out what the right treatment regimen is for us so that we can maintain a healthy life balance in, uh, with a healthy mood. Something else that is really important is calcium and vitamin D. We definitely want to make sure that we are taking our vitamins and supplements. We want to make sure we're getting some sunshine. We want to make sure we have plenty of iron in our system. That's going to be really important because the older older we get, the more we need to supplement the things that our body is not replenishing on its own as far as vitamins and nutrients. And then also some of the symptoms like hot flashes, insomnia, you know, we're going to want to kind of track if anything in our day triggers those things or how we're struggling. Maybe if we're dealing with insomnia, we start to take a couple of milligrams of melatonin at nighttime. Um, maybe if we're having hot flashes, we talk to our doctor about how we can maintain our hot flashes and, and minimize the onset of them or how frequently we were, we experience them, you know, so it really just becomes a need to figure out how to care for ourselves properly through this transitional phase. Going back to the baby making phase of perimenopause, I am currently trying to conceive. I'm excited about it because I started to really do my research about perimenopause and what that means for me as far as my fertility and my ability to conceive. And the one thing I've learned that's most important to me 
and I'm sharing this with you, anyone who is in their 30s experiencing perimenopause or in their 40s experiencing perimenopause, as long as you have ovulatory cycles, you have a chance to get pregnant. You can conceive during perimenopause. And that's something that I am excited for because I'm not ready to stop trying. I'm not ready to give up. And since I had that missed period uh, last year, I have not had a missed period again. I will say my periods are irregular, but they're not extremely irregular. So I may have a 28-day cycle. I may have a 35-day cycle. I may have a 30-day cycle. They vary within just a few days of the length of my cycle. My periods are still healthy. They're still around an average of four to five days in length. My period symptoms are still normal. I still experience regular PMS-like symptoms during my cycle. So those things are signs to me that I'm still ovulating normally and regularly. And I am tracking my ovulation as well. So this is something that is encouraging because that means that I'm still producing eggs that are potentially viable and can create a healthy Uh, embryo into pregnancy. I wish my doctor would have told me there was still a chance rather than have such a confirming tone of you shouldn't be trying anymore. Every doctor has a different bedside manner, but I definitely would have appreciated being able to remain hopeful. These kinds of experiences that I've had are a lot of the reasons why I've decided to even have a podcast that caters to the world of fertility and women's physical health. Had she given me a different perspective on my reality, like, Leah, this is an indication that you're entering into that perimenopausal stage of your life. However, you are still fertile. There is still a possibility that you can get pregnant. So you and your wife can explore how you see fit for you, but just know your chances are low. You know, if I would have heard that from her, I feel like I wouldn't have gone through such a dark period of time where I was so sad and and grieved such a loss of an inability to procreate, you know, that really hit me hard in the maternal piece of my heart. It is what it is. Obviously, I can't go back and, and ask different questions and have a different conversation with her. But I will say, ladies, for those of you who are still looking for that piece of hope, just know As long as you are ovulating regularly, there is still a chance. While realistically, the chance may be very low, the quality of the eggs that we ovulate greatly declines as we age. However, there's always a chance. It only takes one good egg to create that baby. And I hold on to that hope in this perimenopausal stage of my life, I do not feel like this is the end for me. And I just encourage anyone listening who 
wants answers and maybe you're experiencing irregular periods or you're experiencing some of the symptoms I talked about before, please get in touch with your medical care provider. Contact your OBGYN. Go in and have a conversation. Ask questions. Maybe have them run some labs and see where your hor- what your hormones are doing and what they look like. But as long as you've got an egg every month that's ovulating, there is a chance. I know that it's hard sometimes to hold on to that hope. And sometimes we convince ourselves that we're thinking unrealistically. But when it comes to creating life, if we're still in the game, ladies, we need just that little bit of a glimmer of hope to hold on. So this is that glimmer of hope for you. And in general, if perimenopause is affecting you in your life cycle right now, certainly take care of yourself, nurture yourself, nurture your health and your emotional well-being, nurture your body. Your body is your temple. Treat it well. It deserves it. And so do you. I have a great read that I would like you to check out if you would like more information on perimenopause, what it looks like, what it feels like, and how to address it in your life. The article is online. It is called Perimenopause, Rocky Road to Menopause. It's published by Harvard Health on health.harvard.edu, and it was published on August 9th, 2022. Check the article out. It's extremely informative. It's got a lot of the same information that I've gone over today, but there's always more that you can read and take away bits and pieces of for yourself that were not mentioned in today's podcast. So certainly check that out. Google is your best friend. YouTube is also your best friend. Seek out the resources that you need to find the answers that are suitable for you and your particular situation. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on today's Fertility Friday segment of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. I am honored that you continue to tune in. I am honored by all of those of you who have rated and reviewed my podcast. Thank you again for your support. Please, if you have not yet, like and subscribe. And remember, ladies, there is an amazing free community just for you on the unspokencycle.com. Go today, sign up for your free membership, join the sisterhood. We are there waiting for you with open arms. Until next week, mama, take care. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Fertility Fridays. Please like and subscribe. And don't forget to join the private community just for women at theunspokencycle.com. Until next week, stay strong.